so thanks for taking the time to sit down. Uh, I'm as you saw, I uh, blasted through Hades, <laughs> and uh, uh, I uh, I got all the achievements. I was uh, deeply, deeply obsessed. And yeah. For those who are listeners of the podcast, they know that multiple guests had at several times been like. You need to play Hades. You need to play Hades. And I was like, yeah, I know. I, I, <laughs> I hear it's good. Um, I knew I would like it because it was always described to me as like, oh, um, uh, if you like it, you know, they know people that I love to, you know, collect, unlock things. And, uh-huh. you know, if you do this, it's a very rewarding game in which, you know, constantly stories being given to you and, you know, unlocking new things. And, uh, of course, it didn't disappoint, but uh, one thing that was also very impressive to me was uh, the voiceover. Uh, and I remember very early on, uh, your your work really stood out, like, because I, I heard, I think, it was either Ares or Dionysus uh-huh. very early on. I was like, oh, shit, this guy's good. <laughs> uh, for those who aren't aware, uh, you, voice, you voice Ares, Dionysus, and Theseus, correct? Yeah, those, those are my guys. I, I love them very much now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I would love to, you know, just because Hades is on the brain recently, I love to talk talk about Hades, but also, yeah. you know, what other shit you're in, you're interested in. But uh, you know, just to start, I guess, um, what's sort of your background like uh, in terms of voiceover? Oh man, so uh, gosh, I guess it starts early. Like I was a kid, and and my favorite toy was always my tape recorder. I made like books on tape mm. for myself. Like the first things I ever saved up for were radio dramas, which were not popular uh, in the United States hmm. at the time. You know, did some acting in high mm. school, did some like community theater, um, and then uh, yeah, some some years ago, I guess it was like seven years ago, I I got a cold lost my hearing for like a couple of months and i thought okay well if i'm going to try to do this voiceover thing now's the time to do it um and i kind of just dropped everything like i had a whole career in dc working with you know advocacy organizations and think tanks and i'm like okay i'm done i'm I'm gonna go i'm gonna go become a voice actor so i mean that was sure that was that was good like i was really happy to have that you know traumatic health experience because without it i probably wouldn't have gone for it Mm, i see so it's just sort of like you know i've always wanted to do this and uh, i feel this is a scary potential like i might not be able to let's just go for it that's yeah Sounds a little bit like fate to me, but <laughs> <laughs> so like it. Uh, I'm glad it worked out yeah. though. And um, I, you are in Europe now, is that? Yeah, I, I am in Berlin. I've been here for uh, two mm. and a half years. Um, yeah, it's it's different under lockdown, of course, but uh, it's a cool experience being out here for sure. What prompted the the move? I, I assume a job, or yeah. was it something else? Like what? Yeah. yeah so I, I've been doing work uh, not only as a voice actor but as a writer for games. Um, and an opportunity mm. came along in Berlin, and uh, well, you know, it's it's. You know, the hustle is very difficult as sure. a voice actor. Um, and, sure. you know, my, my wife was willing to, you know, try having a Trumpless existence. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I thought, yeah, let's let's go for it. Um, yeah. And it's it's really it's really cool out here. I'm looking forward to coming back. But, you know, the food here is not not great. <laughs> I actually mm, saw you. Posted. Where were you based uh, previously? Uh, I was in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. That, that's gotcha. how I was working with Supergiant because um, it was years ago mm. I had taken a uh, voiceover class with Jennifer Hale and I was in the same class with 
Darren Korb and Logan Cunningham. Um, and that was oh, where I okay. met those guys. And uh, that, that turned out to be a fateful little trip. I see. So you guys were in the same class and then... Because you worked, you you. What game did you work with them uh, previous to uh, Hades? I believe you worked on like, one or two times. Uh, just Pyre, I was in. Yeah, I did a few voices Pyre, for that okay. one. Uh, that was, of course, okay. no no English in it. Actually, I, I had one English line, but the rest were all in the language that they'd uh, developed for Pyre, um, which was a ton of fun. Mm. So getting to work with them on Hades again was oh, man, super cool for me. Like working on a game that has good music, like that's. That's it for me. You know, when a game has good music, like really good music, I think the rest of it yeah. is almost always good. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. No, no, I, I totally agree. The music in it is absolutely incredible in the game. Uh, it, it's it's kind of unfair how that game like <laughs> it succeeds on pretty much every level. And, I, and I'm not just sucking up to you because you're in sure. it. Like it really is. It deserved all the praise it got. Like I was really, really impressed with it. Uh, and so you you met them through that class, yeah. and so was I was just gonna say like you know, getting involved with Hades was it just a straight up hey we worked with you on Pyre like here are some here are some sides or uh, what 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 was the process like getting involved with Hades? Yeah, that was ex- exactly it. Like early in the process, they're you know they were experimenting with what they were gonna do next. Uh, yeah, just passed me some sides, and and I auditioned for quite a lot of things. Uh, including mm. Zagreus. Um, I would love to go listen to whatever the audition I did for that was, but uh, they had a really good idea mm. of what they were looking for uh, from the beginning. Um, I think maybe Dionysus sure. was like maybe the the most adventurous that I was doing in terms of the side that they'd given me, um, but they okay. all had a very clear idea of what they were looking for from the beginning. I see. I am very curious because the game is full of dialogue yeah. like it, it it is impressive to me how much like i so i like 100 of the game pretty much mm-hmm. and then i didn't get all the codex but i i got very i got every achievement did every faded list on the prophecy yeah. or yeah all of that and there's still storyline stuff i haven't done <laughs> like so uh how like roughly speaking like how many sessions how many like sessions or hours ish or like like for, like for that entire process, like I I imagine it's been it must have been quite a lot of recording time. Yeah, that's uh that's a good question. It's really hard to remember because like the game definitely grew as it was being created, mm. and I remember like when we were we were just getting started out. Uh, there there was a lot of dialogue certainly, but like a lot of it was very much focused on you know the journey through the underworld, what what the combat situations would be. And then as recording went on, it got into these finer, finer, finer details where they were telling me, okay, well, this is what happens if you have the Yarn of Ariadne, or this is what happens if you have this boon. Um, so I think in the end, like it was maybe like six or seven sessions. And usually in those sessions, we would be doing all three voices, um, you know, ending with Theseus, mm. of course, because that's the loud one. <laughs> How long was a session typically? Uh, about four hours, which for me was like gotcha. at the end of my day. So like, you know, 6 p.m., I'd call mm. California and then I'd be in the booth until 10 p.m. Um, yeah, there, there wow. were some long days, but, uh, you know, it was, man, it was always fun. I always look forward to being able to get in there and just kind of let go. Um that's that's yeah. the good stuff. You know what it's like. Yeah, I mean, it's really astonishing because for those of you who haven't played the game, like um, you're constantly, you know, unlocking new dialogue as you go through runs. But was, you know, not only 
crazy to me on top like on top of that was just like you mentioned briefly every item you have can affect dialogue like i definitely uh, uh was not expecting that much variation in terms of like i don't think i've he- heard a repeated theseus line yet like or any of your characters lines yet i don't think i've i still have yet to uh i think dig up all of the lines for every character so far yeah so i haven't either so like i'm looking forward to yeah i mean i did it and i get surprised which is like a really cool feeling yeah because for you i mean how long ago was that recording from release before release until then it was like a couple years before yeah yeah it was a couple years i mean i was playing in early access for a while so like i i got to see Mm. some of the stuff come in and then like i stopped for a while because you know, I was seeing where the plot was finally going. I, I didn't have like a good insight into it uh, until closer to the end. And man, at that at that last release, that was the point where I think everything really came together. Like you were saying, like everybody on the team just hitting this perfect stride. I mean, yeah, yeah, it, it was still a surprise to me. It's great to hear about like the sort of you getting to see that process from, mm-hmm. you know, beginning to end and it's shaping up to be such a like amazing product it sounds like i'm being sponsored uh no i'm i just fucking love this game i mean i think there was a pre- pretty recent episode it might have been was it the one before this where i was just talking to the guest you gotta play hades <laughs> i was like you gotta play hades and i just just detailing like everything i loved about hades which was funny um but yeah so um sort of uh i guess going outside of Hades yeah. and maybe going more general. So um, uh, just sort of, uh, and let's even kind of get out of voiceover sure. for a second. Uh, what are your mm, sort of interests? Like if, 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 if someone had to, you know, boil you down to, you know, what you like to do most in your spare time, you know, what are, what are some of your um, biggest hobbies i guess oh man well i mean i i I love the writing of course uh you know i I used Mm -hmm. to play a lot more board games obviously before all this went down um sure and what what else do i have i I dug into like oh man well the the, well the traveling would have been a nice thing uh that's what i came out here for Mm. um yeah i i really spend a lot of time on the games though i kind of play everything well at least everything single player um Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I just love researching everything that comes out of the industry. I actually love marketing like a ton. I used to be in like marketing and PR. So like seeing seeing oh. how these things are, are uh, created and, and how companies are, are, you know, doing nefarious ways of getting in touch with people. Uh, I don't know. I kind of eat it up. <laughs> you know, for, uh, I am a sucker for board games. I'd yeah. love to know. I mean, uh, what what sort of games sort of tickled your fancy? in that sphere so uh, it's actually the the really light easy two-player games because usually i'm playing with my Mm. wife uh most of the time sure so like those are the ones anything that we can jump in and have fun with easily uh i I like uh you know i like some worker placement games um but i like some of the more role-playing sorts of games as well um you know anything where you were uh where you're inhabiting uh, some kind of character. We, you know, we played Descent for a while, but you know, usually mm. it's quick pickup games like Lost Cities. Uh, there's one oh, called yeah, like, yeah. Freaky Creaky Creatures. I don't, I don't remember what it is, but it's like B movie horror characters, and they have all sorts of traits okay. that play against each other. Um, yeah, yeah. 
yeah. So I don't know. My, my tastes have definitely changed over the years because when I was in D.C., most of the people I was playing with were lawyers. And that kind of changes mm. the nature of the games you play. Like they love games of deception and games with really complex <laughs> rules. Um, sure. Yeah, we, I, we, we had like all day sessions of have you ever played Diplomacy? <laughs> I have not yet. I I know the legacy of diplomacy. Yeah, I hear it's a real mean game. It is, a, but I would love to try. It's it. a total friendship destroyer. We we have, uh, you know, we we have whole memes that we developed over you know the friendships that were lost over this game. But you know, it's it's a fun experience if you can take it as lightly as you can. How long is a typical playthrough of that game? Uh, an in person. Okay, so usually we played remotely um and oh okay cool cool that takes i mean that can take months like usually you know three months oh, is shit. what it would take well i think winston churchill used to play it by mail um oh <laughs> i mean he, i'm sure he was great at it because you know he's quite a dickbag but uh in person it's like a nine hour <laughs> game maybe oh my god well every every yeah, board yeah, game I... that i played with lawyers was a nine hour game i, I remember like we got uh, one of the first, ex this was long ago, we got one of the first expansions for uh, Settlers of Catan, Cities and Knights. Mm -hmm. And adding that extension yeah. on top of the game seriously turned it into a nine-hour game. I was, like, dying by the end. <laughs> it just turns into, what is it? Is it just the negotiation goes to the next level when you're playing with lawyers? Exactly. It yeah, it's, it's mm -hmm. incredible. Like, you are many, many steps ahead, and you are finding, like, the loopholes in every rule. And it takes a really long time. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, enjoyable throughout? Or are you like after a certain point like, guys, just make your decision. Right. Just just or, play or, the I game. Like, I mean, there, there are definitely <laughs> virtues to it. Like you will have you will have experiences that you will not have playing with other people. Uh, but it can mm. it can drag on, and sometimes like you know, even if the rules are not as one hundred percent clear as you can as they can be. You know what the designer was intending, so let's just play that game. Sure, got it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know of the. I know it's a very vicious game, and at some point I'm gonna have to check it out because it's been around forever. Yeah. It's been around forever, and it's still pretty well respected, and mm -hmm. it has a very fearsome reputation. Was the game you were mentioning before? It was a campy creature. That's the one. That's the one. Got it. Yeah, I, just, I was just looking up on Board Game Geek. Okay, cool, cool, yeah. cool. Um. Have you played? I'm just trying to think of if you want any recommendations for two. I would love stuff. it. I would love it. Have you played something like Patchwork? Yeah, we've got Patchwork. Um, yeah, Patchwork's great. I love Patchwork. Mm. I, it's it's uh, yeah. I, I I want an easy way to set it up and break it down. You know, when you have a tablecloth, it's uh, it's it's not very mm. a tablecloth friendly game. You know. Have you? Uh, I would I would recommend. I just have like a very simple board game mat. Uh huh. Uh, like. It, you just roll it out on the table, and it it, it it's uh you can't spill on it. You can, it just all the cards slide around. It's a life changer. All uh, right. I mean, I don't know how I don't know how heavy your board game play is these days, but if you do get back into the hobby, yeah, uh, you can get a pretty uh, pretty reasonably priced just a neoprene gaming mat, uh -huh. um, and it. Uh, now I can't play without it. If I play at someone's house where they don't have one, I'm like, oh, <laughs> plebs. Cars are getting stuck to the table, yeah. and you know it's it, it, it's tough. But um, yeah, I would I would recommend something like that if uh, you decide to get more into uh, the hobby. Yeah, um, I should do that. <laughs> 
Yeah, the the room that I'm in is like from from a former coworkers, and the room that I'm in, he had absolutely completely filled it with board games. Like he had the board games where you know they have like the seven huge box box expansions, and he just had mm-hmm. all of them and every Kickstarter game. And man, I didn't I didn't ever need to buy any games because he just had them all. That's I'm that <laughs> yeah. <fan of> that. <laughs> yeah. There's always like one or two. It's like yeah. You are like the board game hive, and then you just attract all the the, the people to your hive. Um, Seven Wonders Duel? Have you ever played that one? No, I haven't. I love Seven Wonders, but mm. I never played Seven Wonders Duel. Uh, Seven Wonders Duel is a really great two-player uh-huh. version. Uh, they changed some of the rules up, uh, and there's like almost like there's like a tug-of-war element uh, on like for the military. There's uh, like a almost sort of pyramid like layout of the card picking it, it, huh. it it's really well done so if you like seven wonders seven wonders duel is uh very very solid cool. i'm trying to think of some other like just off the top of my head very like, lighter because because yeah. for me i'll play i love all sorts of games like i'm not like oh i only play heavy i only play light i love as long as the game is good if that's what i'm interested right in. um uh, I mean, something classic like Race for the Galaxy. You ever, you ever play anything like We've that? got Race for the Galaxy. We actually haven't played it yet. It's just sitting in its box. Mm. Uh, yeah, I gotta do one of those things where I just take take a take some time and watch a YouTube video and see how it's done. I get, I don't know. My my, uh, I think I was a little bit traumatized by like. So the people I play with are typically well, they were lawyers and now they're game designers. Uh, mm. So sure, there's always a potential to get like. Well, I, maybe I rely on other people too much for the rules now, and now I can't do it myself. Oh, <laughs> uh, I see, I see. Um, I, I, there are some good YouTube tutorial uh, channels out yeah, there for definitely. that sort of thing. So I know that helps a lot of people um, with... I'm the type that I'll just sort of read it out loud and kind of like huh. con, like try to condense it as best as I can go. Like if it's a new game, I yeah. mean. Like if it's a new game and we're all none of us have played it, uh, usually the, the sort of way I go about it is we'll just go through it together. And I, I like that. I'm pretty good at just explaining and condensing on the fly. I'm like, okay, I've played enough games and I'm pointing things out so that by the end of it, everyone has a pretty clear idea. Yeah. Um, that tends to be helpful for for my groups. But uh, yeah, the videos I know can be very helpful yeah. in that. Now, kind of going with Tubu, you mentioned uh, video yeah. games. I mean, anything recently or any favorite? Like, how about this? Sure. If uh, what are some of your favorite games of just all time? Uh, so, Thief Two has been my favorite, like for a long mm. time. Like, yeah, for for twenty some years. Like, I I just that was one of those games that made me think, like, okay, there is like a huge future in games. I, I spent. I think it was like 18 or 19 and I spent like $500 on building a surround sound mm. setup so that I could hear like the guards coming up behind me. Like that was like a, oh, that was an amazing experience. Um, but I grew up on the point and click adventure games. I mean, I love Monkey Island, Grim Fandango. Mm. Um, lately, like, of course, like last year, uh, Hades and Doom Eternal were my favorites. Like ah, the Hell Games okay. took over last year. Uh, in a, in a big, the Hell Games with the amazing music took over last year. Um, yeah, what else? Do I, like Dungeon Keeper 2 was one that I played a ton of. Um, you know, mm-hmm. again with the uh, fun British voice acting, yeah. Now, a- anything with like really fun dialogue, 
Uh, I am I am always about or like you know stealth games that kind of let you have fun with their systems. I was playing recently uh, Desperados Three, hmm. and one of the th- I'm not familiar. So it's a it's it's a stealth game, but it's isometric, um, and you have okay. like different characters with different skills. Um, so like you're they're kind of collaborating to complete mission objectives. But one of the things I like mm. about it is one of these games where the enemies have the vision cones and they have. You know, they have kind of like predictable AI. And one of the best things when you have AI like that is you you kind of have fun exploiting it. Um, Like Mm. in uh, uh, Hitman Blood Money, which is another one of my favorites. Uh, I have my own game mode that I enjoy where you try to kill absolutely everyone in the level without anyone noticing. And (laughs) it gets smaller and smaller and like nobody seems to notice that all of a sudden absolutely everyone is gone. (laughs) <laughs> so stealth seems to be like one of your all-time i mean is that fair to say yeah one of your big favorite genres yeah uh, like something about like you know using using sound as as a way of navigating and understanding the world um i i just love those sorts of games and i'm just waiting for the vr game that really does stealth properly ooh. That would be good. Yeah. Uh, do do you tend to play that way in like games that aren't necessarily meant to be stealth? Oh my gosh! Like yeah. games, like ones that is that that's usually your sort of like go to mode of. All right, I'm gonna go through this as stealthily as possible. Yeah, I mean, I think that in a, in a lot of times, anytime there's a stealth option, that's the option that gives you the most chance to like, you know, kind of take in the world, listen to the conversations that enemies are happening, like kind of admire uh, the atmosphere and whatever's going on. Um, yeah, no, I've always dug that, um, you know, Dishonored, just going through as slowly as possible, methodically just picking off enemies, like, that's, that's my style of gameplay for sure. I, I respect that a lot, I think that's really rad, I'm the complete opposite yeah. of you in every way. I just barge <laughs> I just barge in, just stabbing and shooting and not, um, I, I just, I lack the subtlety. Uh, I think for me, I whenever I am forced to do stealth yeah. in any way, it is uh, uh, I tend to struggle. But um, I don't know. I, I I'm more about going and and shoot everybody very loudly and very dumbly uh, in terms of, in video games. Hey, well, you know, some um, games are really really good at rewarding that. You know, they like Doom Eternal, for instance. Like I'm not yeah, usually I good was at Twitch say. games, but. Uh, that one, like I, I like getting good at it, and I feel fine when I die because I know I deserve it. Mm, yeah, I haven't played the new Doom, uh, the new Doom games. So I've heard they're just really, really fun. Just on a basic yeah. video game, just playing a video game like level fun. I have, to, I have to check them out. Like, is that that's the sequel to the Doom reboot? Right? Exactly. Yeah, and it's this one is like honestly, it's it's a little bit more cartoony. So some some people don't like have the best impression of that part of it, but I I love it. Like, mm. you know, you you pull out a uh, one of the caco demon's eyes, and there's the sound of a cork popping, <laughs> and that works for me. Uh-huh. That makes me really happy. No, I love that. Okay, okay. <laughs> and I've been playing um, too. Um, uh, I'm, what I'm playing right now is the latest uh, Yakuza game. Ooh, yeah. uh, you, you mean uh, like a dragon? Yeah, I'm really. Have you played it. the other ones, or are you are you jumping? I in? have gone through all of them uh, very recently. Oh shit! <laughs> okay. okay, to get to this one, wow. and now I'm most of the way through like a dragon, which I am. I, I just adore. Uh, 
Yeah, the main character of this one is basically just Paddington Bear uh, in human form. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. I I um I'm still on. I have I have the collection, uh, and I've I've I hundred percent zero. Uh, I loved zero. Oh, zero so, is fantastic. So and then I play. I beat Kiwami. I think a God, times doesn't mean anything anymore. <laughs> I think two years ago. Mm-hmm. I think I beat Kiwami. Uh, and so I'm looking at it's. I'm literally holding it in my hands right now. I have Kiwami two. Yeah, gotta play Kiwami two. Uh, got the collection. I don't have six on hand, but that because for me, like I guess similarly, I guess to you, I want to play through like all of them yep. first, right? Before I, I don't want to necessarily jump. Excuse me, I don't want to necessarily jump to like a dragon, uh, even though I know it's separate. Yeah, and, it's a very different game, but I just want to experience because I just I don't. Every time I jump into a Yakuza game, uh, it just feels cozy. It's like, ah, yes, we're, we're it's time to just go around beating up guys, playing games, experiencing really good stories yeah. as well. Uh, yeah, I I'm looking forward to. Uh, oh man, I I was I was recently talking to. Um, do you know Scott Strikehart? No, I don't. He's uh, one of the heads of localization for the Yakuza game. Oh, and, oh man! Uh, just just talking to him uh, was making me go, "Oh my god! I, why am I not playing Kiwami Two right now?" It, it, and what it is, it's uh, it's time sinks. You know, I if I, <laughs> yeah. I I don't play as many video games as I used to, but if I do, if it latches mm-hmm. into me like Hades, it is all. I do in my spare time. Yeah. <laughs> Which during quarantine was useful. <laughs> like, you know, it was useful. But as uh, as it's opening up here, um, I'm having less and less time. Uh, so it's one of yeah. those things where it's like, I need to find the perfect time, time to like crack it open. It's like, I want to give it my full undivided attention at some point um yeah these are and I've, i also have a friend who wants to like play at the same time and like kind of compare experiences but sorry what were you gonna say oh no i was just saying like these are really good pandemic games i found the yakuza series just because like not not only are they not only is there a lot of juicy content but it there's a lot of virtual tourism which i think is kind of my favorite thing is just to walk into a store look at what yeah. they're selling and just kind of like take in the atmosphere because i i because i can't go anywhere Mm-hmm. Have you been to uh, Japan? No, I, I've I've not mm. I've not made the most of being abroad at all. Mm. Well, I'm sure this past year didn't help. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I will I I will say if you ever get the chance, because I'm sure I'm sure you're interested. If you ever get the chance, it is first off, it's really great, and then whenever you play a Yakuza game, you will miss Japan terribly. <laughs> it yeah, just makes you want to. Uh, even going into uh, a convenience store in Yakuza makes you just miss Japan. In fact, there are like restaurants in Yakuza that are like real life ones, you know, chains. And I didn't even realize oh, wow. at the time, but my friend was like, you know, that's the restaurant from Yakuza. And I was like, oh shit, you're <laughs> right. Like, or like Don Quixote, you know, is a, is a, yeah. that's, that's a chain in Japan as well. Uh, if you ever get the chance, uh. Uh, it's gonna you're gonna be like oh yes it's just like yakuza oh man <laughs> going into the Komini. <laughs> that that'll make me very uh, cool out there I'm sure like oh yes, wow absolutely. this is yakuza yes. land <laughs> just like yakuza <laughs> um, uh, the Sega arcades as well uh, mm. there those are a lot of fun so so you mentioned travel being sort of like something you like to do like if let's say uh, if all all everything was safe again yeah. 
Um, where would you like to go? Like, what would be some of your, you know, uh, prioritized destinations if you could just go somewhere? I mean, I mean, Japan really did get pushed up the list quite a bit from Yakuza, like just because of like, you know, there. It sounds like there are a lot of experiences that you can only get there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, similarly, uh, you know, my wife is really keen to go to bali and thailand like she you know she wants mm. to go to the fabrics and you know the foods of course um and then of course yeah. like i'm I'm in europe already like i can take a train basically like to so many different places um mm-hmm. you know we want to take a trip to romania and go on the dracula tour that exists because like that's yeah. that's a thing and it's not like i'm like hugely into dracula or anything it's mostly i want to see who's on the tour mm. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah, and, and just go around with those people on that tour. Right. Yeah. So have you just not gotten a chance to yet? Yeah, or? we're we're only like very slowly opening up here, but like things mm. are progressing finally, like quickly. I think like it's it's everywhere where there are vaccinations, where everything seems like it sucks forever and ever and ever, and then finally one month, like everyone is taken care of and things start opening up, and we're starting to go into that realm. And as soon as it does. Yeah, no, I'm I, I'm gonna be hopping those trains and disappearing from work for a while because you know I've got my American work ethic, which means now I've got like American work ethic plus uh, European vacation policy means that I've got like two months of vacation saved up. Mm, nice, nice. I imagine it must be pretty fucking surreal. Like uh, I've had a couple other friends uh, who are also on the podcast who like they made moves to countries like I. Uh, one moved to uh, the UK, one moved to uh, Japan, and then pandemic struck. Yep. So it becomes this thing of like, I'm barely here, I just settled into yeah. this brand new country, and now suddenly I'm stuck inside in a country in a country and culture I'm not necessarily used to. Like, where was that also like a situation for you where you were like, oh shit, I, I feel like I just moved here and now I have to kind of figure out how to live my life in quarantine in a different country? Did yeah. you have any experience like that? Yeah, it, it wasn't quite as bad for me because I had a year here before uh, before sure. everything went down. But, like, it's certainly, in, in, uh, it's certainly a big effect because, like, navigating systems when you don't know the language so well is pretty tough. Mm. Um, and, you know, of course, I can't practice because I'm not going out. Like, you know, I, I practice by... Sure hearing what i'm uh hearing things on the street hearing advertisements repeating after them and just trying to get a sense of things and i haven't really had the chance to do that so you know it's it's definitely been tough um you know especially being away from friends and family uh (laughs) Mm. yeah it's been it's been isolating for sure but you know i'm starting to see a light at the end of the tunnel and man berlin is such a cool place if you manage to find the time to get out here. One of the things that I just love about this place is that everybody here is just living exactly the way I want to. Exactly the way, sorry, the way they want to. Uh, They want, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, whatever you want to wear, whatever you want to look like, whatever you want to be, it's not that expensive here. People just do it. Um, So this place has like a kind of energy that I haven't really seen anywhere else. Cool. Yeah, I've only been to Ireland uh in europe so i would love to at some point do like a tour of just going through all sorts of countries in europe uh that's a big travel bucket list for me at this point yeah 
Um, yeah, and Germany is obviously also included in that. I would love to go. Yeah, um, not not for the food. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wanted to ask uh, you something on that. Like, I yeah, I, what's up? I yeah. saw I saw on your Twitter a few days ago. You posted this cheese it cake. Well, what, 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 like, ah. what, so with the American store here in Berlin just got Cheez-Its yeah. and everyone okay. was talking about it. It was a big deal. Like this is, this is like yeah. a miracle to them. So what is, what is the deal with this Cheez-It cake? What is it made out of? So this Cheez-It cake, it was, uh, imagine like a, like a carrot, like spice cake, yeah. like a carrot cake, that sort of thing. And then the frosting is just regular frosting. Okay. But on the inside, there's like a salty Cheez-It crumble like inside the cake uh it was pretty good like i'm not just saying that because they sent it to me yeah. like i i mean i would just i just tell you if it just tastes like shit right my wife did not like it at all uh-huh. uh, and and uh i think it's pretty good it's still have not even finished most of it at this point i keep trying to get guests to try it and nobody wants to try really? it i'm like oh my i'm like gosh. just just try a slice just try a slice but <laughs> I'm gonna tr- uh, I'm gonna have some more people over. I'm gonna see if I can get some people to try this cake. To be fair, yeah. there was there were better options like at at the at these gatherings okay. of like foods. But but I'm like okay, maybe I'll maybe I just won't have other options. Maybe I'll just be like this is it. This is all you're given today. Eat this damn cake. But no, it's it's pretty good. Like I you know it's like a you know like a salty sweet. You know yeah. I I like that personally. I think the crunch actually goes well with the cake. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, yeah, so I think it's pretty good. Would I like go out of my way to like get another one? No, okay. but as a no- as a as a as a sheer novelty, like yeah, like it's not bad. Like it could have been either way worse tasting or more generic. Right. But I think this was like a pretty good balance of like it's weird, but it tastes pretty good. And it speaks um, cheese. It like you know it, that that's 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 the thing. Like it's the novelty that it is accurate to what you're getting a cheese it cake which sounds mm-hmm. oh man that sounds amazing <laughs> they're they're uh they're very precious here i i bought a box at the american store and i think the equivalent cost is like eight dollars is what it cost me oh my god yep. <laughs> is it just regular flavor it's just regular flavor it's not the big box it's like the medium-sized box and uh but still i was grateful to pay eight bucks for it did you so did it taste as good as you remembered yes. when you yes. ate those cheeses? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Oh. So here's a, here's another question then. Like uh you know being in Germany for you said uh, about 2 years now? Yeah, almost, almost years? 3 years, yeah. What do you miss about America? Like uh like foods or anything else like what like what do you miss the most? Oh, the the food is the big thing. The food is the thing I miss the mm. most. And especially like kind of the trash food. The variety yeah. that you have in America is is shocking. Like going to a cereal aisle in America. I and mean, the last time I visited, <laughs> I was already in Germany for, you know, like 8 months. And I went into a cereal aisle and I saw that they they sold like those frosted do- hostess frosted donut cereal. I'm like, are you uh-huh. are you serious? Like, what does anyone need this? But that variety is there. Yeah. Um, and of course, like I've had. Uh, oh, okay, so I passed by a Mexican restaurant here in Berlin a little while ago, and they had a burrito that was eggplant and feta, and they had one another one that was like broccoli and something or other. But like, getting a proper burrito is tough. Yeah. Like proper Tex-Mex Oof. food is it is dire so you know that i miss and of course like 
you know, the American media diet is uh, easier to access. Like, I don't have access to mm. everything here that I would in America. Like, in, you know, video games is easy. Like, that stuff seems to cross over fine. And, you know, I, I have accounts that are tied to, uh, you know, American services and everything. But, you know, watching, I, I have a different Netflix library. I've got a different, you know, I don't have access to mm. some other services. So that stuff is good um driving driving is kind of something i miss because that would be that was where i would listen to radio dramas and now i uh, just kind of don't have that i see i see uh are, are you uh taking the train like what do you what do you what's your commute like to work then if it's not driving uh well now we're now i'm home of course but yeah usually it's uh, the public transit here is incredible yeah, okay. so you know and you can get anywhere basically within a half an hour or less I see. I so, see. Well, not enough time to um, get into something properly, I think. <laughs> now you mentioned you were like, you know, you kind of missed the U.S. Do you see yourself? Oh, right, I assume you, you kind of mentioned or hinted at it that you're thinking about coming back to the U.S. Or what? What? What was like? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Like, are you gonna? Yeah. Yeah. No, I want to get back to North America eventually. Like, you know, maybe do a stint in Canada, get a little close and, you know, watch, watch the U.S. a little bit from the outside and make sure everything's recovering <laughs> properly from, you know, the trauma sure. we endured and all. And then, you know, if it seems like everything is fine, maybe like, so one of the things that is hardest to think about losing, of course, is healthcare. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I jump jobs a lot. Um, I not not because like I, I don't know I just get um, I get antsy and I want to move on to the next thing uh, at a certain sure. point um, so you know it, it's I, I, I keep on trying I keep on to try new things new countries new cultures just see what sticks see what I love that that's cool to me because I, I for me it's uh, I, I've I've moved around on maybe just a couple times but for me the big move was uh, from Michigan to LA, that yeah. was like that was. But for me, that's like at this point, like no, nah, I'm pretty much gonna stay here, like th in terms of work. But uh, the, the that sort of life of jumping around from country, even from country to country, to me, to me, I'm like, wow, that's that sounds like a lot. But it seems like to you, you sort of enjoy that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, I like I like certain sorts of stress. Um, you know, there, there's mm. there's a lot of challenges in moving around here. Uh, but you know, you get through it, and I think you come out uh, with a with an appreciation for the stuff you leave behind. Um, you know, I think about sure, California sure. every day. How beautiful it is there! <laughs> oh man, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That do you was really see yourself nice. coming back to California at any point, or do you think, oh, I want to try a different state, or what? What are your what do you think about that? My, my wife is not as much into California just because of like, you know, the idea mm. of that of the earthquakes and, you know, kind of every sure, sure. all the other issues there. Uh, I, I love it. I would love to try to convince her to give it another shot because uh, I, I didn't quite get what I wanted to out of it. I, I only got like the SAG after mm. invitation uh, just as I was leaving. Um Ah, so, I see. Yeah, I, see. I think there there would be more tasty work if I came back at this point too. Mm. Well, if you're ever uh, by uh, and would like to uh, play some board games, uh, let me know. No, uh, that would be amazing. <laughs> I, I yeah, definitely if want you ever to. Ever are in the area? Yeah. Yeah. Um, now here here is a question, or not a question, but uh, I always like to give the guests an opportunity to uh, either bring up a topic of their choice or ask me a question if they'd like. So. 
uh, yeah, is there anything you would like to bring up or ask me? Otherwise, don't worry about it. Yeah. I got other things we can talk about. No, yeah. like, yeah, so. one of the things that I was listening to, of course, like, you know, you're getting into uh, voiceover work through radio drama. And I've mentioned it a few times just because, like, I know that this is, it, it was my entry as well. So, like, you know, is this a mm. thing that you're still into and, uh, and digging into time and time again? Because, like, yeah, I feel like it's only just starting to pick up in the u.s after uh, decades of dormancy mm, radio a radio drama might be uh, uh, more prestigious i don't know how familiar you are with where i got my sort of interest in it but it was it was my friend's self-written radio plays. Yeah. radio radio dramas radio plays but yeah i mean yeah it was basically um him writing like Full on scripts and yeah. casting all his friends and including me and uh, yeah so I mean if like I, I I I'm not like necessarily a radio drama buff yeah like I, I I don't like I'm not super familiar with like it like but I've been fortunate enough to be in a couple like radio like or I guess now they're kind of like I mean now there's like podcast right. dramas right exactly like, uh, podcast dramas and. That sort of thing, like yeah, I mean, for me uh, as a participant, uh, it's just uh, it's just what I love doing, which is voice acting, right? Right. I love. Uh, for me, what it was was you know what sort of sparked my love for this craft was getting to play characters I normally never get to play, and mm-hmm. uh, in in one of um, the I still remember <laughs> the radio play that he wrote. I was in high school, yeah. and uh, it was uh, I was playing a Russian boxer, <laughs> a nice. Russian boxer, yeah. uh, and just like uh, I was so into in it, you know, it, it finally be, went beyond uh, like, oh, you're doing like a voice, and going like, no, you, I'm, I'm like throwing myself mm-hmm. into it, like really, really imagining myself and immersing myself as if I were in it, and that to me is. Uh, that was when it went. I want to. I want to. If I can figure out how to do this as a, as a job, yeah. Uh, this is what I want to do. How am I going to do that? I have no fucking idea. Right. But I I I want to do this, and this is my dream. Uh, that's when it really really clicked, and I still I'm still very good friends with uh um that friend, and I I've always credited his radio plays yeah. and that experience. As what really made me want to do it, because you know before then I still had like a an interest in voiceover in terms of like just as a, a as a fan, like I was as a kid I was I had a very detailed knowledge of voice actors who voiced who that sort of thing, um, but it it had never occurred to me that I would want to do it myself until then, of like having that experience and then going okay I want to chase this yeah you know, chase chase that feeling. Um, but yeah, like uh, <clears throat> in terms of stuff that like I've been fortunate enough to like, I did a um, there was there was like an anthology podcast drama. I, uh, what was it called? I should know <laughs> this. Uh, as I'm looking it up, um, it was uh, an anthology that had like different stories each episode, um, and uh, what. <laughs> I should have known this. This is <laughs> no. I, I'd, I'd be curious because uh, yeah, um, I'm always looking for this kind of material, especially like some something that creates a nice soundscape 
that really mm-hmm. puts you in that sense of place. Like that's the kind of stuff I really dig. Um, it was. I'll I'll describe my episode while I'm yeah. looking up the name of this. But uh, basically, it was uh, I was th- in that episode. The, the whole concept of the show is it's it's a flight that uh, in it disappears. Uh-huh. It just disappears, and I think it's like maybe five ten years later, the flight comes back. And it's just each episode is dealing with a passenger of, like, what how their life was affected by that. Like, just suddenly this whole flight of people in this plane disappeared. Oh, wow. And now them dealing with the consequences of them uh, coming back. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, Flight 008 was the podcast. Flight 008, uh, I'm Yeah. And it had, like, pretty big, big name, like, like uh... Who was in it? Like Alfred Molina was in wow. an episode. Like you know, just like uh, some big, some big hitters. Like I, I was my episode was like a. Funnily enough, even though a lot of them I think were dramatic, mine was kind of like a almost like a romantic comedy oh, that's a little awesome. bit. Where so like I was like the lead, and then it was me trying to find my partner basically, who was uh, Deborah Ann Wall, if you know who that is. But uh, that was all. That was a really cool one where we got to actually. Me, she and I recorded in person, like in the same like space. Oh, that's so rare! And it was very rare, but also it was really interesting because we also did like the walking sounds. We did the walking. Oh, dang. We, like, yeah, it was. It was. You know, even for me, I was like, oh wow, I don't know. Usually get to do like, you know, the foley, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Or, uh, but yeah, it was. It was recorded in a way where like, it could tell where we were almost in the room and and was edited accordingly, and so it was like. Like, uh, in, like, in, if, 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 if our characters embraced, we embraced. If our characters, like, walked around each other, it was, it was almost like a weird, not stage play, but something a little bit like that, like a two person, <laughs> like, like little, little tiny, tiny stage little thing. So that was like a really cool, interesting. I don't know if anyone listened to it, uh, but I, it was, it's out there. Uh, and I, I think it turned out pretty good. So, uh, and I know, I know there were like, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of like, uh, Keith David's in it. Oh, Danny dang. Trejo. Wow. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, yeah, a lot of, a lot of big names. Is uh, this so. one of those things where like Amazon has a ton of money and they just throw the money at it and see what sticks? This was n- not Amazon. This was a uh, Dust. I don't know. Like, I guess they're a, like a podcast sort of sci-fi network or something or, or huh. dust or gunpowder in sky or i i i i, I really should know <laughs> like, no worries i, I can I, I can dig but, in yeah. on this because like i'm I, yeah, gunpowder and sky i think is the company wow. and then i think the show might be called dust okay yes okay it's something like that where yeah i mean they uh, i think they just all their whole bag is doing uh a bunch of stuff and then um I recently did like a pilot for another like a, a comedy one, which was a lot of fun called Night Crew, which uh, uh, has the Kickstarter actually. Well, by now the Kickstarter is long gone. This won't be out for a while, yeah. but uh, hopefully it got funded. Uh, it was, <laughs> that had like uh, um, like E.G. Daily, uh, uh, Debbie Derryberry, uh, oh, nice. a, lot, a lot of talented folks in that as well. Yeah, that's sort of my experience with radio drama in that I've been in a couple. Yeah. But I guess I'm now curious because you clearly are like a big fan. Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, what are what are some radio dramas that you would recommend to someone yeah. who's like new to it? Like, what are you like? These are ones that 
everyone should check out. So my my number one came out like maybe maybe ten years ago. Uh, it's called Cabin Pressure, and and it is mm. a sitcom that is about a uh, insecure uh, in, an insecure pilot played by Benedict Cumberbatch before he became famous. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, really good. They they have uh, they have a perfect soundscape, really excellent timing. Like I think, as far as pure audio goes, uh, I don't think I've heard anything better that really takes advantage of the fact that you are only able to hear. Like they just create the environment, mm. to, like really just put you into it, and it's just really funny, impeccably written. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a career goal of mine to work with a writer, this guy named John Finnamore. Uh, who wrote mm. like if you've ever seen uh, uh, Mitchell and Webb, uh, like they're the yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he wrote a lot of their sketches. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, Got it. yeah. He's super good. Uh, I grew up, of course, with the with the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, the BBC Radio Four mm. adaptations. Uh, if you ever get a chance to listen to the Lord of the Rings version, I Ian Holm, who plays Bilbo in Ooh. Lord of the Rings, of course, okay, he yeah, plays yeah. he plays Frodo in the radio drama. And, oh, okay. Oh man, he is so good. Like you can you can hear the pain of carrying the ring in his voice because you know mm. the dude is legit and he throws himself into it. Um, yeah, that was. When a did this one come out? The the Lord of the Rings. Uh, uh, 19, um, 1981, I think. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. cool. <laughs> You are not the first person to meant to recommend Cabin Pressure to me. I've I have a couple friends who talk very highly mm-hmm. of Cabin Pressure. Uh, I definitely should check it out. Like it it sounds very very funny. Yeah, I've listened to it so many times. Like you know, when I was traveling from, uh, I, I was in, you know, I, I was living in Maryland. I've traveled out to California to make my voiceover dreams come true, and I my wife and I just listened to that repeatedly on the trip over. Mm. Now, have you have you worked in any um, radio dramas yet? Yeah. Um, so actually, I, I was working mm. quite closely with um, this company called Earplay uh, that does mm. interactive radio dramas. So mm. uh, there's an app on your phone you can get, and you can actually um, you interact with the game with your voice. Like you'll get certain prompts at different parts of the story, and you can kind of say what you want to have happen next. And uh, yeah, it just continues. So I, I worked with them. I actually wrote one of their stories. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, which was really cool. Um, yeah, I, I I always wanted this sort of thing when I was a kid. Um, you know, it's it's hard to find the audience for these kinds of things because like audio really demands like one hundred percent of your attention. If that's yeah. if like that's the primary mode of communication, so we don't really have chances to do that so often these days. What's the name of your of the one that you wrote? You should uh, plug it. Yes, yes, it's called Pugmire. Uh, it's a post-apocalyptic uh, game where uh, all the humans have died out, and the animals find human artifacts, and that kind of functions as their as their magic system. Um, okay. Yeah, it's it's really cute, a lot of fun. Uh, Pugmire, really, how do you spell that? Uh, pug like like the dog, uh, and Meyer, mm-hmm. Meire, M I R E. But yeah, you just get it through the Earplay app. Mm. Well, everyone, uh, check that out. Yeah. I love that title, Pugmire. Yeah. <laughs> is that like the name? What 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 is the context of the? Is it the? Oh, I'm saying it's the kingdom. It's it's based on an RPG. Um. So yeah, it is oh. it is the kingdom of Pugmire. Exactly. I see. Yeah. Oh, this is cool. Okay. Well, uh, 
listeners, check that out, especially if you are interested um, in radio dramas. Now, if you had sort of like a dream project, whether as an actor or writer or both, yeah, what would that be? Yeah. Um, oh man. Uh, well, certainly any whatever Double Fine is doing next. Um, you know, Psychonauts mm. Two would be incredible to work on. Um, of course, Thief. Uh, I love that series so much, and if they found a way to bring it back, I would be so in. Actually, like years and years ago, mm. uh, I, I I was trying. I was plugging myself at PAX when I was getting started, just bothering like every game developer, like, "Hey, listen to my demo. Listen to my demo. Listen to my demo." Um, mm. I made a custom demo for Idos, who was making the Thief game at the time, and it is, man, I, it was pretty cringy. <laughs> I listened to it like a couple <laughs> months ago. You know, because I tried to do, like, the sound authoring to make it sound as though it was something in the game. I really threw everything at it. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, when you when you want something pretty badly and you think you know the product, uh, y- you can find new ways of embarrassing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, it's uh, it's not, you gotta grind. You know, yeah. that's the, the voice, as, as you well know, you know, the voiceover biz, it's, uh, it's not easy, you know. No. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you know, build yourself up and make a name for yourself somehow. So, yeah, I uh, double find. I mean, that yeah, that. Uh, do you have a favorite double find game? Um, gosh, I mean, well, Psychonauts was fantastic. I love Psychonauts. Mm. Uh, you know, the whole concept of digging into people's psyches and working out their personal demons like that as a writer is something that always appeals. Because, like, from as from an acting perspective and from a writing perspective. I tend to like start with insecurity, um, which is exactly mm. where I, I went with Theseus um, is really like mm. digging into, you know, what, why is this guy so upset? Like what is bothering him? Like, why is he so insecure? Why does he need to peacock like this? And Psychonauts, I think <laughs> is a game that really just digs into those insecurities, which I think is like where so much characterization comes from, you know, how do we want to sure, project ourselves sure. to the world? Absolutely. I guess a sort of, question i have is going into back into the, the voiceover thing um uh in what ways because i'm sure it does in what ways does your writing experience sort of help or assist or feed into your your voiceover and and vice versa actually i mean i'd be curious like are there ways in which one can enhance the other absolutely yeah they they are totally complementary like i i definitely approach writing the same way as I approach acting. You know, I hear the lines as I'm writing them. It gives me a good sense of characterization and helps me think like, you know, what if I know what the sound of the of the voice is, uh, you can hear all sorts of subtext in how someone is speaking. And that gives you more contextual clues about where that character is coming from. Um, so I, I mean, I, and I, and it helps me think more too of the audience, that somebody is always listening on the other end. Even if what I'm writing isn't going to be heard, I, I kind of come from an audience perspective and thinking of how the audience is going mm. to hear the line. And then on the other end, it really helps me get like a good sense of uh, there's a lot of things that we do naturally in voice acting um, when we're getting into character that we tend not to think of. Um, and then from mm-hmm. a writing perspective, it helps me slow down and think, okay, this is what is actually happening here. I can deconstruct my own performance 
and try to think of what are uh, what are the components of the voice that I'm actually coming out with. And once I recognize what those components are, uh, I can push them up even more and think about uh, how that's how the character's mentality is going to affect basically every conversation they have. Um, so I, I, I think it, the skills are really complementary, and I feel lucky absolutely that I've had the chance to do uh, work in games on both ends of the microphone. Yeah, I totally agree with you in terms of like, um, oftentimes in the booth, at least for me, and I'm, I'm sure you've felt this way as well. Like, it's like, like you, you, I think people get asked, you get asked a lot about like, well, what was your uh, process or motivation behind this character? And it's like, yeah, you do some, obviously some, you know, pre, some prepare preparation beforehand, but a lot of the times for me anyway, it's, it's like instinct. Right? Yeah. You just kind of dive in. You dive in on your instinct and just try to sort of – you're not necessarily not necessarily breaking it down in your head as you're doing like, mm-hmm. okay, I have to do this and this and think of this and add this. Um, but then when you step out of it and like think back on your performance, you go, oh, okay, yeah. Like it is kind of interesting to sort of go listening to you – know, thinking back to what my experience was in the booth. What was I doing? What right. was it? It can be it can be interesting and sometimes surprising when you think about like, oh yeah, I guess I was. There was more more thought put into it than I thought right. at the time. Whereas at the time I was like, I'm just sort of, I'm just sort of going for it. Like, but I think you know, that just comes with you know, time and experience, exactly. right? It's like it, as you become more experienced, you can uh, more easily just sort of dive in. But there's still always, like you said, something running in the background of like what. Uh, what makes his character tick? What are the motivations? That 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 sort of thing. And yeah, so I, yeah, as uh, I I always like hearing different actors' sort of experiences with with their process and and how how they tick basically. So uh, yeah, yeah, we're I, always evolving too, right? <laughs> yes, of course, yes. Uh, we are pretty much done. Uh, cool. We've uh, re- uh, so. Uh, thank you again uh, for taking the time to sit down. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Ahoy, Ahoy Hearties. I've got a website at cyrusontheinternet.com with some old demos that need updating. But uh, yeah, I'll work on that. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And uh, this has been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, no, it's been a great time. Thank you so much, someone.